Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, it seems that wherever you find yourself in this world of ours, the news reports continue to impress upon us the tremendous power that can be unleashed on this poor earth. Tsunamis, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, these great demonstrations of physical energy make us feel so very small and weak in comparison, don't they? Well, today's message is about power, not so much the power of weather systems, but of God. You see, the Bible describes an omnipotent God. That means all-powerful. We see this in the awesome work of creation all around us. But we also need to understand the power of God in His judicial character. He is a God of righteous judgment who has the power to enact the judgments that He makes. Best of all, there's the tremendous power of the gospel, the power of Christ to save souls and transform lives. In today's broadcast, Speaker Dan Shutt takes a look at these different aspects of the power of God. But there is one power that we ourselves have, the power of choice, to believe or not believe. We trust that today's message will help our listeners to focus on the omnipotent God of the Bible and that choices will be made to become recipients of the wonderful power of the grace of God for sinners. Now, I'd like to make some readings tonight from the New Testament of your Bible. If you have a Bible tonight, I'd like to read, first of all, in the book of the Hebrews, the epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 1. And there is a word that is going to be common in the four little sections that I read. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 1. God, who at sundry times or at different times and in different manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, this is the Lord Jesus, he sat down on the right hand, of the majesty on high. Now back to the Gospels, Luke's Gospel now, chapter 12. And I am going to read a very serious section here. We will read it reverently. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, and verse number 4, the Lord Jesus is speaking. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you, whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. I want you to turn back now to the first book of your New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. And I'm going to read a short story here. It's very compact, a lovely story. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1, And Jesus entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. 
And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy. He was a paralyzed man, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. And just because I love teaching children, let me ask you a question. Which is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you, arise and walk. Which one do you think is easier to say? The easy thing to say is, Your sins be forgiven you. You know why? Because nobody can see whether it happens. You know what the hard thing to say is? The hard thing to say is rise up and walk because everybody's going to know whether you've got the power or not. And that's the point of this beautiful little story, isn't it? Look at verse number 6. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thy house. And he arose. Isn't that nice? The Lord Jesus did have the power, didn't he? And departed to his house. One last reading. John's Gospel, please. Chapter 1. And just one verse to conclude our reading. Verse number 12. And again, the Lord Jesus is the subject. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. If you're not saved tonight, this would be a wonderful Wonderful opportunity to come to the Lord Jesus. And if you are a Christian tonight, I'm glad you're here too. Because I don't think there's anything like the gospel that helps me to fall in love again with the Lord Jesus Christ. A number of years ago, I was traveling from the state of Montana back to my home in Michigan. And because I'd been away from home for quite a number of weeks, I was in a tremendous hurry to get home. As a matter of fact, I had picked out a, a little town in the middle of South Dakota, and I was determined that I was going to drive until I could drive no more, and I was going to pull into that town, and I was going to stay just as little time as possible to get a little sleep, and then I was going to race on back home to Michigan to be with my wife and children. But you know, sometimes <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and men off go astray, and I discovered that about 10 miles away from the exit that I intended to stop, I couldn't drive anymore. My eyelids were so heavy, I couldn't stay on the road. And so finally, I pulled off the road into an exit and into a little hotel. And I spent the night, and I had a really good rest. I'll never forget the next morning when I came down into the lobby. I thought I would get a banana and a muffin and a coffee and be on my way. I discovered that the other guests of that hotel were all standing in the lobby, gathered around a television set. And by the looks of things, they were not happy. And as I sort of began to gather my things together, I realized that something must have gone terribly wrong. And so finally, my curiosity overcame my desire to get driving, and I, I went over to the folks and I said, what has happened? And then they told me the story. During that night, while I was sleeping, unconscious in my hotel room, there were a string of powerful thunderstorms that came across the Great Plains. And embedded in those thunderstorms were some tremendous cyclones. Great tornadoes. And as I looked at that television screen and I read the little legend that was scrolling underneath it, do you know what I discovered? That the very town that I intended to stay in that night didn't exist in the morning. Maybe you think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. 
There wasn't a house. There wasn't a gas station. It was a little town. There wasn't a hotel anymore. Because the power of that mighty storm literally swept the ground. There were many, many people that perished. And it was only by God's grace, I want to tell you something, I prayed all the rest of the way home, thanking God for His mercy and sparing me from that. This is a world where we see tremendous power. We see hurricanes. We see forest fires in the mountain and their ability to erase huge forests. We feel at times the thunder of earthquakes and see tall buildings shake and tremble and sometimes fall. We're exposed to the power of tsunamis racing across the ocean, wiping out towns and wiping out nations. Friend, I want to tell you something. You live in a world. And if you open your eyes, you're going to understand. You know, you and I are just puny little people. Immense, unmeasurable power. But I want to tell you about a different kind of power tonight. Because we have read four verses, all having to do with power. I'm going to speak about the power of the Creator. Because in Hebrews chapter 1, we read about the fact that the Lord Jesus literally upholds this world by His mighty power. And then I'm going to speak just for a few minutes about the power of the heavenly court. Because I want to tell you most solemnly at the beginning of this meeting that if you are in your sins and you continue in your sins and you step out into eternity in your sins, you are going to stand before a court someday that will not only pronounce you guilty, it is a court that has the power to carry out the judgment, to carry out the sentence. The words of the Lord Jesus ring in my ears tonight as I preach the gospel. Fear Him who has power to cast into hell. But I want to preach the gospel too. And I want to tell you about the power of the crucified. My dear friend, tonight there is no message so sweet in this world. No message that is more needed by perishing sinners than this. That the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Aren't you glad of that? I rejoice to the very depths of my being tonight that I discovered that the Lord Jesus had the power to forgive me. And last of all, I want to tell you from John chapter 1 about the great power of your choice. Because you know, God in His wondrous grace is presenting you with an option tonight. God does not force people to be saved. Isn't that interesting? God makes the choice available to you. And as many as receive Him, to them gives He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. I'm going to tell you first of all from Hebrews chapter 1, then about the power of the Creator. I'd like to ask you tonight, who is the most powerful person that you've ever met? You know, there are people who are powerful because they lift weights, great big muscles, and there are people that are powerful because of their position, whether it's the mayor or the governor or even the president of the United States. But I want to tell you very simply that the God of heaven is a God of infinite power. Many years ago, when I was college age, I had the opportunity on three or four occasions to meet the President of the United States. You know, that was a very uh, humbling and a very awe-inspiring thing to actually walk up to the President and to shake his hand and to say a few words to him. But you know, there's something that over the years has stuck in my memory that was even more awesome than meeting the President. you know what it was? Whenever I met the President... There was another man that was always there. He was a man who stood about two steps to the back and about two steps to the side. And everywhere the president went, he went. The president went forward, he went forward. 
He was always by his side. You know what's remarkable about that man? That man had a chain that actually came out of his sleeve. The one end of that chain was actually wrapped around his body. You would have had to cut him in half to take that chain off that man. And on the other end of that chain was a little black valise, a little black case. The Secret Service used to give it a very casual name. They called it the football. Inside that case were the codes that would allow the president to unleash nuclear war. You know, if you think it's awesome to stand in the presence of a man who has been elected to the presidency of the United States, let me tell you that it is, it is beyond speaking to look at a man who holds in his hand, at least naturally speaking, the power to turn this world into a glowing cinder. But I want to tell you tonight about a God who is more powerful than all. A God whose power rises above the puny machinations of men. It is the God of eternity who holds this world and upholds this world by His mighty power. The God who made this world. The God who made you and I. The God who sustains us and holds our breath in His hand. Listen, we're not fooling around with preachers or with churches or religions tonight. I wish that every heart might be ushered awesomely into the very presence of God Himself and confront the fact that you and I have to do with a God of infinite power. You know, I want to tell you something else tonight, very simply. This is not only the God who has the power to make us and the power to sustain us. This is the God who has the power to look into our hearts. That frightens me. I have a lot of friends here tonight, and they know me with varying degrees of familiarity, but there isn't one of them that can see my heart. Young people tonight, older friends that are here, I want to tell you something. There is a God who sees your inmost being. There is a God who knows all your sin, every disobedience, every transgression, every wickedness, every sin. And in this powerful God's book, He has recorded every single one. Power to make a world? That's incredible. Power to create man? That's awesome. Power to give you breath? That's unspeakable, but power to see your heart. My friend, that, that is really something. Is there somebody here? And for the first time, some sense of guilt before this God who sees your heart and fill you with this great longing that you might be right with this God who has the power to see your sin. You know, the problem with a God who can see your sin is further compounded by what we have read in Luke chapter 12. He has the power to cast sinners into hell. When I go to Washington, D.C., I see the building where the Supreme Court of the United States meets. I've never been in the building, but I've seen the outside of it. And I am reminded that there is the possibility that there are judgments that might be passed that the United States does not have the power to carry out. But I want to tell everybody in this meeting, there is a God in heaven who has the power to get a hold of you. There is a God in heaven that will cause every man and woman who dies without Christ who dies in their sin, to stand before Him. He doesn't even need ground beneath your feet. He'll hold you in space. And you will stand and look into the face of this God of awesome power. I want to say there ought to be some people who are very, very afraid. I do not believe in trying to manipulate people through some sort of fear that's engendered by colorful preaching. I don't believe in that. I want to tell you what I do believe in. That if men and women got to look into the face of God and got to look into the Bible and what it says and got to look into the hell that lies beneath the feet of every Christ-rejecting sinner would be people that would be afraid without any help from the preacher.
Oh, that God would help us to be real tonight. That God would strip away the veneer of just being religious or coming to church or attending gospel meetings. God not only has the power to cast people into hell, He will do it if you reject the Savior. I want to tell you about the power of the crucified. There is no message so sweet. There is no story more compelling than this. That God has power to forgive those very sins. You know, I love to think about the power of the message that we preach. I'll tell you what, this is a wonderful message. I don't think that the preachers are wonderful, not this one anyway, but this is a wonderful message. Listen to what the Bible says, that this message, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Do you know of another message like that in all of the world? You can turn on the radio and TV and hear every sort of message. Listen, you're in the best place you could possibly be. Because we have a message in taking your sin away and making you right with God and making you ready for heaven. But I'm going to tell you something else. The power of the message is found in the power of the person that the message is all about. Can I say something very clearly? The gospel is not about the power of a clergyman. It's not the power of a creed or the power of a church. The real heart of the message is the power of Christ to forgive sins. I love to think about that dear man that day, that that crippled man. I don't know what he thought about when he woke up that morning. I don't know what he had for breakfast. I have no idea if he even anticipated what lay before him that day when he met the Lord Jesus. And I don't know what you were thinking this morning, and I don't know what you had for breakfast. But like that paralyzed man, there came a moment when he met Christ. Far more importantly than the relief of his physical ailment, he discovered that there was a man that could forgive all his sins. You know, frankly, tonight I don't know many of the people in my audience. I know very little about you or what you do or what you think. But there's something that I know with great confidence. It is possible tonight that you could meet the Savior and He could make all the difference in your life. Isn't that wonderful? January the 6th, 1963, on a Sunday night after a gospel meeting, just like this, I met the Savior. And I discovered that He had the power to do the very thing that I longed for. He had the power to forgive my sins. He had the power to make my soul clean. He had the power to give me everlasting life. Can I ask you a question tonight? Have you ever met the Savior like that? Have you ever had a moment when you have come to Him and your sins were forgiven and the power of God was seen in your life? I'm not asking you if you've had a religious experience. Oh, that God would help you to understand you are powerless. You need the power of Christ. And on the cross in suffering and drops of precious blood, there was a man who died so that folks like you and I could be saved. What a wonderful Savior. What a blessed salvation. But I want to close with what we have read in John chapter 1. This is what we read. As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. You know this matter of heaven or hell for eternity, this matter of your sin or God's salvation, this matter of a Christless life or a life that comes to receive Him and love Him and worship Him, comes down to something pretty simple. It comes down to what you're going to do with the Lord Jesus. If you receive Him, if you trust Him, it is salvation. It is life. It is hope. It is peace for all eternity. power of your choice is a powerful choice. What will you do with Jesus, who is called Christ? 
What wonderful power we see in the gospel message. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Yes, my friend, life, hope, peace, forgiveness, all these come as a result of the power of God. What we cannot do, God can. But what about you? Are you willing to accept God's offer of salvation and experience the power of God in your life? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.